1: Sure, so just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com, or you can click the uh, link in the show notes to get started today.
0: Thanks again. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. You're listening
2: to episode number 25, The Thousand-Year Day. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? Are you ready to take the red pill? And now, here are your
0: hosts,
2: Scott and Zena.
0: Welcome once again to Bible Mysteries Podcast. I'm Scott Mitchell, and I'm here with... Zena. Zena is truly the winter warrior princess.
2: <laughs> I try.
0: <laughs> we talked about these uh, the cold snap we went through here, and boy, that was a different
2: Oh, that experience. was just something I was not used
0: to. Well, I'll tell you, I'm glad everybody made it safe and sound. We got power again. We were worried we weren't going to be able to get these updated uh, podcasts out in time because the power was rolling in and out. But uh, thank God we've got it restored. Yes. Thank you. And so last week we talked about the coats of skins that God made Adam and Eve. And today we're going to talk about the thousand year day.
2: Interesting. You
0: have to wonder, how can a day be a thousand years?
2: It's a very long day.
0: (laughs) It's a long day. And we're going to talk about this day and all of its spiritual implications that we can glean from it. But one of the reasons that we are tying it into the message from last week about the coats of skins is because we read that when Adam was, if he sinned and ate of the fruit, which he did, of Mm -hmm. the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the Bible said he would die that day. And since he didn't die, we learned from our episode last week that an animal died in their place. Yes, so if a sacrifice was made, then that became the pattern for all sacrifices to point to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But some people think, well, no, he died spiritually, or the other aspect was that he didn't live more than a thousand years because he died at 930 years, so therefore he died within that day. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna, we already dismantled the idea of being spiritually dead. Yes. We decided it was more likely that he was judicially dead, but very much alive in his spirit. But did he really die within the thousand year day? Is that what happened? And they get this from a passage in Second Peter chapter 3. So we're going to dive right in today to the New Testament where Peter wrote this epistle. And in chapter 3 verse 8 he says, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. So we're going to find out that is a formula that means something. There's a mystery to that we're going to investigate. Okay. But does it mean God was saying Adam died the day that he sinned because he died before a thousand years expired? And that's the theory from some, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't believe that's true. And we're going to find out why, because everything we understood about uh, what we looked at with coats of skin was something did die that day, the day of 24 hours. Yes. And Adam would have had no reason to think of the day as being anything other than a 24 hour day, mm-hmm. just like you and I would think of a day. So this passage must mean something else. I believe it is a formula to understand prophecy and scripture, not necessarily Adam's lifetime. Okay. Okay. So let's see if we can figure that out. If we go back to Genesis chapter 5, and we read in verse 3 Adam lived in 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness, after his image, and called his name Seth. And the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were 800 years. And he begat sons and daughters, and all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. So there's people that think that because he died before the thousand years expired, he died in the day that he sinned. I'm not sure I buy that because something was offered in his place. That would have fulfilled the requirement for Adam to die that day. Well, Jesus Christ is our substitute in sin and death. Yes. You know, he knew no sin, but God placed our sin upon him. mm mm-hmm. He's not the one that made the transgression, but the wages of sin is death. So he died the death for us. And God was pleased with it and raised him from the dead. We take away from that by saying, well, Adam died before he became a thousand years old.
2: Very true. We take
0: away the picture God was establishing with the coats of skins. We take away the, the, the foreshadowing of the death of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. Okay. So I think it means something else. It would have to point to something else. All right. We'll go to Genesis chapter 5 again. We'll stay there, but go down to verse 21, and we read something else. Here's a man that died before a thousand years. In fact, every man died before a thousand years. There's not one recorded person in the scripture that lived longer than a thousand years.
2: And why is that?
0: I think it has to do with sin killing us because sin is the reason why people die in the first place, right? But the guy that lived the longest on the earth is a man named Methuselah. In Genesis 5, verse 21, it says, and Enoch lived 60 and five years and begat Methuselah. So Methuselah was the son of Enoch or Enoch. Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. And Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Enoch is the first person that didn't die a physical, natural death. The the father of Methuselah went up. God just took him took him off the earth, you know, after only, he was a young whippersnapper, 365 years old. Oh
2: my goodness, he was a whole year old.
0: (laughs) That's exactly right, (laughs) 300 days of a year, right? So God took him, and I think he's a picture of the rapture of Christ, the body of Christ, you know, Mm -hmm. the church. Uh, But then he goes on to talk about his son, and Methuselah lived an 807 years and begot Lamech. So the first child he ever had, he was 807 years old.
2: It's a very old child.
0: No, I mean, the, the the dad was that old before the child was born.
2: So, My Lantas, so imagine, that man is ancient.
0: <laughs> that's the oldest dad I know. <laughs> and then he lived after he begat Lamech 780 and two years and begat sons and daughters and all the days of Methuselah were 960 and nine years old and he died. So he was, I'm sorry, I said it wrong. He lived 187 years before he begat Lamech, not 800. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I got that wrong. He lived another seven hundred years, so the total number of years that Methuselah lived was nine hundred sixty-nine years, and he died. So he's the oldest oh. living person ever recorded.
2: My goodness.
0: And yet, he still didn't live a thousand years. No, but he's pretty close. So does that mean that everybody that ever lived died in the day because they didn't live over a thousand? See, that doesn't quite jive yeah. for me. And Enoch was such a. Such a, a honorable man, not perfect, not sinless, but he walked with God. So God took him at 365. So he left the earth and didn't really, you know, have a chance to live more than a thousand. No. So if you mean to say that if you're sinful, you're going to die before you're a thousand. If you do the right things, God's going to take you away from the earth before you even have a chance to live to be a thousand. So somehow that right. doesn't quite add up, you know.
2: No, they it, always say the good die young.
0: I think they get it from this.
2: You know what? That would make sense.
0: I think they do. A lot, of, a lot of sayings come from the Bible that we just take for granted. Only the good die young is taken from Enoch. Mm-hmm. Uh, expressions like, a little bird told me, it's in the book of Ecclesiastes.
2: Hmm. You
0: know, There's all kinds of things like that.
2: Or nothing is new under the sun.
0: That's right. From <laughs> Ecclesiastes as well. Mm-hmm. And then I'll let you guess on this one. What about the expression, have you ever heard, you can't get blood from a turnip?
2: Never heard that I one? I have not heard that one. Okay.
0: Uh, that That's used to kind of express like what you're trying to do cannot be done. Okay. You can't get blood from a turnip. So like you give up, stop doing this thing. <laughs> you're beating your head against the wall. You can't get blood from a turnip. Or it's like if, if a guy owes you money and mm-hmm. he's just not going to pay you. You can't get blood from a turn. Okay. You know, you're whistling Dixie here, right?
2: I like that saying, can't get blood from a t-. I'm okay. going to use that.
0: Well, now you know where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Cain's sacrifice.
2: That's right. He brought up oh, the fruit wow. of the ground.
0: He was a tiller of the ground. Well, why was his sacrifice not acceptable? Can't because blood. no blood.
2: Okay. And there you go. That makes- wow. Mine just blown again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's all because of the Bible. I'll tell you. So... We talked about coats of skins. This is not to point out that man will not live past a thousand years. I don't believe that's true. Okay. That's what a lot of people might think that's because of Adam didn't live uh, to be a thousand. That's the reason he died in that day. There's something else going on in that passage. So if we go back to Genesis chapter two, and we look in verse one, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the hosts of them. It was like a summary of the creation. Mm -hmm. And on the seventh day... God uh, ended his work, which he had made. Six days he worked, rested on the seventh. He rested on the seventh day from all his work, which He had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified him. Uh, because that in it, he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. So God created the earth. And we've talked about the creation before. Uh, but in those six days that he made the, the land and the sun, moon, stars and the animals and the plants and everything else, and then man, and then he rested on the seventh day. Those were 24-hour days. There's no reason to try to read into that, and some people do, that creation was 6,000 years, right? Okay. Because it says, and the evening and the morning were the first day. Well, how does an evening and a morning translate into 1,000 years, right? Yes. That can only translate into a 24-hour day. Mm -hmm. So there's a formula here, but we got to figure out where does it apply?
2: Yes, because I'm very confused.
0: Yes, exactly. We we got people saying Adam didn't live a thousand years. That was his day. Mm -hmm. All right. Or we got people saying, you know, God created the heavens and the earth in six days and the day with the Lord is a thousand years. So it was a 6,000 year period of time. Well, they're all right about one thing. There is something that's a pattern there to show. Okay. So they were 24 hour days. And on the seventh day, which makes a week, the last day of the week is when God rested. Now, he's God. He didn't need to rest. And we're going to find out there was a reason for this. Okay, Why did he bless and sanctify the seventh day and call it a day of rest? Let's see Mm -hmm. if we can figure that out. Exodus chapter 20 is the law of Moses given to the people of Israel. And in verse 11, one of the commandments was, for in six days the Lord God made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So you've heard the word Sabbath.
2: Yes, does that mean that means Sunday?
0: It's it oh, actually I means seven. I need
2: that yeah. too.
0: So the word that's right, okay, but you're, you're, we think of Sunday as the seventh day. Yes, at least according to our modern Julian calendar. Now there's people that will argue when the actual Sabbath day is because we don't know that it was Sunday. Because we don't know when the first day was. That's true. And God didn't name the days of the week. You know, we, we the days of the week are named after pagan gods. You know?
2: Well, that is not good.
0: Mm-hmm. Tuesday is Mercury. Wednesday is Odin, Thor's father. <laughs> Thursday is Thor's day.
2: Oh, my goodness. Friday is Frigga,
0: either his mother or somebody related to him. Mm-hmm. Saturn, Saturn's day. Sun, the sun god, Sunday. Aww. Monday, which in Spanish is lunis, the moon. Okay. Monday, moon god. So all the days of the week are pagan. <laughs> well then. <laughs> so God called them the first, the second, the third, the fourth. He didn't give them names. All right?
2: Okay, so we are on the, what day is today?
0: Today is. Yeah, we are is. on the 19th day. The 19th day, right? And it's, uh, that's right. Well, the 19th day of the second month. Yes, that's how it would have been, cla- you know, scripturally done.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't even want to get into what February means. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but th- but the days of the month are actually named after um, the Caesars who declared themselves to be gods, you know, or gods themselves, like Janus, the two-headed god. You know? Oh, that's scary! Uh, I think uh, Augustus Caesar Augustus, July Julius Caesar. You know, they, and they thought themselves to be gods. So My they, yeah, I know it's crazy. And then we get into the end of the year and the numbers don't work. So you get to September. Then you have September, October, November, December. Mm-hmm. And they come from the Latin numbers of seven, eight, nine, ten. Septem, Octo, Noem, Decem. Seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Mm-hmm. September is the ninth month. Yes. December <laughs> is the 12th month. I mean, November is the 11th month. See how screwed up they're? That's Lucifer's order, right? He just completely messes everything <laughs> up. So anyway, so God made the earth in six days. He rested on the seventh day and he hallowed it. Hence the reason why the commandment was to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Whatever day that was, it was the seventh day. Mm-hmm. It was the day of rest. So it's not meant to explain that the creation took 6,000 years either. All right. It's it's telling us something else, this theory, this pattern or formula of a day with the Lord is as a thousand years. So we're going to go back to that passage and read it again. But we're going to read it in the context. I took it out of context. So it shows you why people can go grab it and apply it willy nilly. They can say, oh, it was because Adam died before he was 1,000. Mm-hmm. Or they can say the creation was 6,000 years or whatever. They're taking it out of the context. If we read it in the context, we get to glean some truth about it. All right. So back in 2 Peter chapter 3, we'll start this time in verse 3. Now we're going to get this. We're reading all these verses for context. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers. What is a scoffer? That's somebody that says, oh, baloney. You okay. Know, that's not true. It's not going to happen. You believe Jesus is returning? Oh, baloney. That's a fiction. That's a scoffer. I don't okay. like them. Yeah. <laughs> there shall come in the last day scoffers walking after their own lusts, because they have a living spirit in them, <laughs> and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. So they're the naysayers. They're the people that just laugh at you for having faith, because they say, Where's Jesus? He's not coming. And that also emboldens them to think I can be as wicked as I want to. Mm -hmm. I think that's why the satanic global elite are coming out of the shadows because they don't think he's coming back. They're scoffers. They are wrong. They are wrong. They're wrong. And here's why. Verse 5, for this they willingly are ignorant of. And willful ignorance is not the same thing as just being ignorant. I'm ignorant about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. It's not a shame for me to not understand how to do brain surgery. I didn't study it. You yes. know, And I'm not called to be a doctor. Me either. So that ignorance is not a bad thing for me. It would be a bad thing for the guy about to do surgery on my brain. Yes. <laughs> if she had not studied brain surgery, I don't want her to be my surgeon, right? But uh, in this case, he's saying they're willfully, willingly are ignorant of. They don't wish to know the truth. And what are they ignorant of? That by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. So he's talking about God's judgment on the earth and the world that was then. I do think he's talking about the flood in Genesis 1, verse 2, and not the flood of Noah, but you can apply it to either one. Both were judgments of God. Mm -hmm. So he says that world perished, verse 7, but the heavens and the earth which are now, the world we live in today, are uh, kept in store, reserved unto fire, against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So in other words, he's talking about judgment. He's saying, scoffers say, he's not coming. God's not going to judge us. We can get away with murder. That's what they think.
2: Oh, that's terrible. The scoffers
0: do that. That's why (laughs) even Israel in the past said, where's God? He's not going to judge. He doesn't see the wicked things we do. Mm -hmm. And they did them and God destroyed them right?
2: He sees everything.
0: He sees it all. So Peter's saying they are willingly ignorant of the truth that God left us examples of his judgment in the past, and he's reserving this world for his judgment with fire this time instead of water. That's what's coming. And they don't want to believe He says that the world is kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. And the next verse is, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing that the, uh, one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. This statement is in connection to the judgment of God. It's a formula for understanding why is it taking so long.
2: So for him, his one day is a thousand years. So like our day equals a thousand years for him.
0: Right. So we live a 24-hour day, but it's really not that God is, since he's God, he's not bound by time. Mm -hmm. So there's no time formula that he would have to adhere to for his sake. He, God looks into the future and he sees it as though it's happening now. Okay. He can look into the past and see as though it's happening now. Mm -hmm. We can't do that because we are temporal in time. You're in this moment in time. You can only see right now. Yes. Which is scary (laughs) because you're looking at me. If that's what I have to look at in time, that's a, that's I would hate to freeze that. However, God is eternal. He's not bound by time. Uh-huh. So he's not limited in any way. Okay, The passage is not meant to limit him either. It's saying to you and I in time, we can see the long suffering of God. We can understand why is it taking so long if we understand this formula. That's what he's sharing with us. Okay. All right. So we we already know God created the earth in six days and rested on the seventh, and they were seven 24-hour days. Okay. But there is a thing called the Sabbath. And if the tabernacle was a type of heavenly things and not the real sanctuary of God, then maybe the Sabbath, the seventh day, is a picture of a heavenly thing, and it's bigger than what we think. Okay. All right. What if the Sabbath was, in fact, a thousand years long, but it's called the day of the Lord? So he said one day with is with the Lord as a thousand and a thousand years is one day. But the next verse says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. You know, like he's snapping on the job, right? Mm -hmm. He's not slack, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So why is it taking him so long to come back? Why are there scoffers saying he's not coming? Because it's been a long time. Yeah. He's been talking about judgment for 2,000 years. And pictures of that judgment go back 6,000 years, right? And verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. So the formula of a day with the Lord is a thousand years was God giving us a clue as to when is this judgment going to happen. So prophetically speaking, a day with the Lord is as a thousand years. So if we take that formula, we can say, okay, God created the earth in six days, And on the seventh day, he rested. What if we assign a thousand years to each day of history? From Adam to Christ was 4,000 years in time. Whoa. 4,000 years of human history on the earth recorded in the Bible. Okay. Okay. From Christ to today has been approximately 2,000 years. Okay. So that's 6,000 years of human history. That brings us from Adam to you and me right here. Okay. 6,000 years, six days. When the Lord comes back, let's assume it was tomorrow. It's not going to be tomorrow.
2: <laughs> I was like, wow, that's really quick.
0: But when he comes back, he starts the next day. He's called the day spring, the morning star. He, he's the dawn. He's the light of the earth. He's going to bring the, do, the new day, right? Okay. So when he comes back, he establishes 1,000-year reign on the earth. And his time in which he reigns on the earth is called the Sabbath. It's the restoration of God, root word meaning rest. Okay. Okay. So let's look at that. Let's see if we can find that. First Thessalonians chapter five, we're talking about the judgment of God and his rest. All right. So that's an epistle that Paul wrote. And it's hard to say Thessalonica was the city. And in verse one, we read, but of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Travail upon a woman with child is basically labor. Okay. You know, so when a woman suddenly goes into labor, it's like, you know, you're you're nine months and you know it's going to be sometime soon, mm-hmm. but you're in the store and you weren't expecting, oh, all of no. a sudden my water <laughs> broke and the next thing you know, you go into labor. So travail upon a woman with child is likening unto a woman going into labor. Okay. Which, by the way, throughout the Bible, whenever travail and labor of a woman is mentioned, it's always a picture of the tribulation.
2: Now, why is that?
0: Because Israel is likened unto a woman as the wife of God. And in this case, this wife was adulterous. She cheated on her husband. Israel worshiped other gods, okay? So God is going to bring her back to him, and he's going to restore Israel as a nation. And when he does that, that time period is called the times of refreshing where Israel is concerned. And it's called the times of restitution, which means to pay back, Mm -hmm. rest. It's gonna happen in the seventh thousand year period of human history. So it's the Sabbath, it's the seventh day. Okay. Okay. That's what we're learning from this passage that a day with the Lord is as a thousand years, prophetically speaking. Not to equate Adam's lifespan or to Mm -hmm. equate the creation time frame, okay? Paul is letting them know that the day of the Lord is going to come like a thief in the night. The time formula is meant to show God's long suffering of why it's been so long before the day of the Lord will come. Because the day of the Lord, that includes the restitution for Israel, begins with the wrath of God on the world. Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 this time. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. We read this in part earlier. And he says, Six days, verse 9, shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested. So, hi, we hope you're enjoying the podcast, but I want to take a moment to remind you of something very
1: important. There are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know.
0: And the world is fast approaching the end game, and we want to expose the coming deception before time
1: runs out. Freedom of speech is under attack and evil elements within governments and multinational corporations are trying to prevent you from learning the truth. Scott and I are being censored by social media platforms as we speak.
0: This is true. So you can help us use the satanic global elites own tools against them. Subscribe to Bible mysteries, premium podcasts. So the controlled media can't shut us down.
1: We can use our own platforms to help expose them and keep you informed. But to do that, we need your support. Help us to go full-time with Bible Mysteries.
0: Just $7 a month gives you every current episode ad-free without these annoying appeals. You also get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to the community forum where we answer your questions. Just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to help us stop the assault on Christianity and free speech.
1: And don't forget, you can always donate any amount to support us at utbnow.com. These gifts are tax deductible.
0: Thanks again, and here's the show. Laboring six days. You know, man labors. We work. Yes. We look forward to the day when we, you know, like today's Friday, we look <laughs> the weekend, and I get to rest. You yes. Know. So we labor. Well, Israel is in uh, a position right now where they're not in God's eyes. They are, as a nation speaking, they're the, they're the harlot. They're the woman that turned and worshipped other gods. You know, they went after another husband. So. But God's going to call her back to him when he does. When Israel gets peace and is restored to being the wife of God as a nation again, the world gets peace. The nations will no longer fight. There'll be no more war, no more bloodshed, diseases will be cured, there'll be plenty to eat, they beat their swords into plowshares, spears into pruning hooks, the lamb will lay down with a lion, no more predators and prey, it goes back to the way it was in the Garden of Eden.
2: Okay, and then with that, would we, when it goes back to the way it was in the Garden of Eden, uh, Adam and Eve, they didn't eat animals, did they? No. Okay.
0: And I don't know that we'll be eating animals or not in that time, or, or I should say the thousand reign of Christ on the earth. Will they be eating animals? I don't know that they will. There will be sacrifices being made, but there's a specific reason for that. Uh, and they're going to be done in Israel by the priesthood of God again. Okay. But what we're talking about essentially is a time of peace where Christ is literally on the earth ruling over the earth as a king. So we got righteousness, we got justice. We finally have men being seen for who they truly are, you know. And if a man sins, he's judged timely by a court that's good, you Mm -hmm. know, by Christ's court. There's no more, you know, pay off the the judge. None of that corruption is going to be going Mm -hmm. on, right? So when we say that, if we go to Matthew chapter 12 and verse 1, we see an interesting Incident that happened. This is while Jesus was alive on the earth, and he's walking with his disciples, and they're walking through a field of wheat. And as they go through it, the the wheat is ripe, so they break off some of the kernels and they're eating them. Mm -hmm. And he gets accused of breaking the law by the Pharisees. Verse one. At that time, Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn. Mm -hmm. Corn is mean kernels. It's not maize like we think of corn on the cob. Okay, it would have been wheat or barley or oat or something like that, but. They get kernels of grain or corn. And his disciples were hungered and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. Because they're working. Heaven forbid, they're laboring on the Sabbath day, right? <laughs> but he said unto them, Have you not read what David did, the king, mm-hmm. when he was hungered and that they were with him? How he entered into the house of God, the temple, and did eat the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priests. So he said, didn't. Don't you know that even recorded in the scriptures, David broke the law when he fed his hungry soldiers? You know? yeah. Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath days, the priests in the temple profaned the Sabbath and are blameless. And what does he mean? Who works on the Sabbath? The priests. You know, you think about if Sunday were the seventh day. Yeah. Preachers break the law.
2: That's true. Because they, they work that uh-huh. day.
0: I, I labor every Sabbath in my church. You know? <laughs> so the priests here took sacrifices and 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 assisted with all the ordinances of the temple on the seventh. On the seventh day, the Sabbath. So he says they're not they're held blameless. They're not held in transgression of the law because they're ordered to do these things by the law. Mm-hmm. So he's saying, you guys are not understanding what God is telling you here, Mm -hmm. you Pharisees. He said, but I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. In other words, David defied the temple. The priest defied the temple. But there's one right here that's greater than the temple, and he's talking about himself, right? Mm -hmm. But if you had known what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless for the son of man... Jesus Mm -hmm. is Lord, even of the Sabbath day. Now that's a powerful statement to make. You can imagine why they wanted to kill him. He was exposing their whole corrupt system. Okay. By saying that they were legalizing everything and putting you under bondage. And Christ came to bring us and deliver us from the bondage of the law. Okay. All right. So he says, I'm Lord of the Sabbath. In other words, I made the Sabbath. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I know how to interpret what it means to do the Sabbath, right? Mm -hmm. And he was putting them in their place, so they were very angry at him. If we go to the book of Mark, chapter 2, it's it's another account of the same thing that happened when they were walking through the fields. Mm -hmm. And in verse 27 he says, And he said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. Sabbath is made for man. So the Pharisees were saying, wait a minute, you can only walk so far on the Sabbath day. You walk one inch further, you've broken the Sabbath law. And we're going to put you in jail for it or something like that, right? Okay. And Christ is saying, wait a minute, God gave man a day of rest from his labor. He didn't make the Sabbath for you to keep. He made it for man to have. You know, it's like God didn't make man for the Sabbath. He made Sabbath for man to give him a rest.
2: Okay. So what I'm understanding is the Pharisees <laughs> mm-hmm. wanted to implicate that everyone, make sure that everyone was really resting and not
0: working. And they were turning it into a
2: bondage thing. Okay. So they're, like, they're trying to make it like a huge law. Like, oh, yeah. if you work, you, so it's kind of more of like an option. Like if you choose to, you can rest.
0: Right. Okay. They were trying to make you feel guilty for having a weekend. Oh. You know? Ugh. They were trying to make you think that if you transgress that law, let's say you're you're resting on the Sabbath day and your son runs in and he says, "Dad, one of our sheep got loose and it's trapped in a pit." Okay. You can't go get it out of the pit.
2: No, you cannot. Yeah,
0: that's what the Pharisees were saying. Oh, okay, okay. okay. And Christ was saying, no, that wasn't the point of the Sabbath. The Sabbath was so you can rest. But if there was a need and if your neighbor came up and said, I'm starving. We haven't eaten in seven days. I can't feed you. Sorry. It's the Sabbath. <laughs> you know, the where's word. the compassion? Where's <laughs> right? the mercy? So he was exposing their hypocrisy. <laughs> okay. And that's why they got mad. But the point he was making was God made Sabbath for the man to rest. But it's a picture of something else. Not only was it a day in the week that you could rest from all your labor, but it's a picture of where the real rest is going to come from. When the Lord comes back. okay. So it all is tying back into this prophetic timetable of when the Lord comes back. He's going to judge the earth, and then he's going to put Jesus Christ on the earth to reign over the earth so that there's righteousness, there's justice, there's true judgment. Jesus Christ is the Lord of the Sabbath. He's the king on the earth for a thousand years. The Sabbath day is the day of the Lord. So we go to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians 2, verse 16 says... Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink. Don't let anybody judge you for what you eat or in respect of, in, of a holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. You've got religions today that say, no, the Sabbath is Sunday. No, it's Saturday. No, it's Friday from 6 p.m. till the, And they <laughs> right. fight over that. Yeah. And they argue and they debate over non-essential things.
2: Sabbath is happy hour.
0: Yes. <laughs> For some it is. <laughs> That's true. And essentially what they're saying is, look, we know when the true Sabbath is and they're being Pharisees. You must go to the assembly or to the church or to the synagogue or whatever yes. on the Sabbath day. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they're doing the same things the Pharisees were doing. They're legalizing the Sabbath not understanding. And Paul said, don't let any man judge you in the respect of the Sabbath days and the holy days. Do whatever you need to do. Make that day your day of rest, whenever it might be. Mm -hmm. But it's pointing to something else. God made the Sabbath not for you to keep. He made it to point to his real Sabbath, the thousand-year rest that's coming. Okay. Okay. So he says, it's it's a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1. For the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of those things. The law said you have to keep the Sabbath day. You have to rest on the seventh day. Okay. But it's a shadow of good things to come. It's not the very image of those things. God's intention was not to force you to not to work on the Sabbath. His intention was to show you it is your day of rest. I'm giving you a day of rest, which is a picture of the true rest that's coming. When I judge the world, I'm going to restore righteousness. And the real Sabbath is the day of the Lord. It's the thousand year reign of Christ. That's a beautiful picture to me. Yes. So that tells me then something very interesting. If a day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and the thousand years is one day, and we know that the Sabbath day is the day of the Lord, and we know it's a thousand years, and we're gonna read a verse that tells us that. What if we apply that to the other days? Like I did, six days God created heaven and earth, the seventh day he rested. 6,000 years have transpired since Adam to now. Yes. 4,000 from Adam to Christ, 2,000 from Christ to you and me today. Mm -hmm. That means 6,000 years have already passed. Six days have passed. The seventh day is about to start, which means the Lord's about to come back soon. The long suffering of God is about to be fulfilled. We are that close. That is
2: super exciting. We are that
0: close. Now, let's see if we can measure that up. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Peter was preaching here, and he says to Israel, Repent you therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Now, first of all, blotted out. What What did we learn about remission last week? Was remission permanent or temporary? Temporary. Temporary. So sacrifices gave remission of sins because the blood of animals could never take away your sins, Mm -hmm. right? The only one that could actually take away is Jesus Christ. Yes. Now, for Israel, as a national program, they look forward to a day of atonement.
2: Now, what is that exactly?
0: It's a day. It was one of their feasts under the law, which was a picture of things to come. Okay. And when it's a picture of when Christ comes back. For the nation, they receive the blotting out of sins when he comes back. You and I today receive it the moment we trust Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Your sins are blotted out. They're forgiven. National Israel waits for a future day of forgiveness. Okay. Atonement. Blotting out. I think of the word atonement as, if you broke it down in the letters, at-one-ment atonement at one they will once again be at one with god okay he'll remarry the adulterous wife and purify her so she's a chaste virgin okay okay so the nation israel will once again be married to god when they're at one again with him they enter into his rest the times of refreshing the word refreshing itself sounds nice, doesn't it? Yes. That's refreshing, right? <laughs> and when is that going to be? Verse 20. He shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive. That's where he is now. Until the times of restitution of all things. That's a legal term. You must make a restitution. Hey, I injured you. I, I wrecked your car. Now I must pay for that car. Well, that's all you have insurance for, but that's you get the idea. Yes. Insurance is going to replace your car or pay for the damage restitution Mm -hmm. all right God's going to make restitution for Israel because he punished them but he's going to restore them he's going to bring them back and give them their land and give them peace and righteousness and all these things so restitution he says until the times of restitution of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began so there's a prophesied time of restitution a time of refreshing Israel's been looking for it for thousands of years It's going to happen when the Lord comes back. It's the seventh day. It's the actual Sabbath. That's what the Sabbath is pointing to all this time. And when he does, it's going to be a thousand years. Let's go to Revelation 20 and we'll see it. I love this chapter of the Bible because in this chapter, there's an angel that comes down from heaven. He's God's angel, but he grabs Lucifer, wraps him in a chain, throws him in the bottomless pit where he's kept there for a thousand years. Now, people say, I don't want to meet the devil in a dark alley, you know. Yeah. I don't want to meet this guy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Now, why is he only there for a thousand years?
0: He's released for a little time for one point and one point only to show man that even in a perfect government of a thousand years with peace, and safety, and animals living together without eating each other, and all that stuff, no war, no bloodshed, perfect justice, perfect righteousness, even in that time, man given half the chance will rebel against God one more time. And they do at the end of the thousand years.
2: Oh my! Satan is loosed
0: long enough to gather an army together to try, and they actually think they can fight against God and take over the government again.
2: (laughs) He just does not give up.
0: He doesn't. So in verse four, we read, and I saw thrones and they sat upon them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, which had not worshiped the beast, neither his image. In other words, they went through the tribulation. Neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So the day of the Lord is a thousand years. But the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. So it's not the resurrection of everybody. It's just the resurrection of Israel at this time. Okay. This is the first resurrection. That means there's a second, right? Okay. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. So the day of the Lord is a thousand years long. That's what that whole thing is. And then it's at the end of the thousand years that Satan is loosed out of his prison for a time. And he tries this insurrection one more time. Mm -hmm. That's his final end, though. The good news is at that point, he's going to be taken and thrown into the lake of fire.
2: Good. May (laughs) he burn there.
0: (laughs) He will forever. (laughs) So one final passage here. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 2. And we're going to read in verse 10. During this time of wrath, it says, Enter into the rock and hide thee in the dust for fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty. The lofty looks of man shall be humbled. And the haughtiness of men shall be bowed down and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. For the day of the Lord of hosts shall be upon everyone that is proud and lofty and upon everyone that is lifted up and he shall be brought low. And I read this passage because the day of the Lord begins with his vengeance and wrath. Remember Peter said a day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. And then he goes on to talk about, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night with fire and vengeance. So the satanic global elite that's stepping out of the shadows and they're so haughty and arrogant that they think that they can now get away with it. Yeah. The Lord's coming back to judge them. And the reason why it's going to be a time of refreshing and peace and safety and rest is because they're going to be burned up. They're going to be gone. Ouch. Thank God for that because (laughs) once that happens, and if we back up for a little bit of context, we can read it says, the word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. It's a context about Israel in this chapter of Isaiah. Mm -hmm. But here's what he says in verse 2. It shall come to pass in the last days, which is going to lead up to the day of the Lord. So the last days is the end of the sixth day. Okay. the end of the 6 thousand year period of time. We're in the last days right now, I believe very close. It could be years you know okay. but we're in, we're near the end okay And he says it come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills the mountain of the Lord is Jerusalem all right and all nations shall flow unto it. Now right now the nations don't flow to Jerusalem for much of anything. No. That's not considered a focus of government or anything. But verse 3 says Many people shall come and say, shall go and say, Come ye, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, for he will teach us of his ways and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion, Jerusalem, shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. That's the refreshing. That's the time of the Lord. Okay. Isn't that awesome? It is. Now, that's not even the beginning of the eternity because there's then going to be, at the end of that thousand years, a new heaven and a new earth. And we go on from there. But what that thousand years is is a picture of the new heaven, and the new earth. So for a thousand years, God is telling sinful man on the earth, I've restored my people Israel. They have the truth. You can have the truth if you want it. Just come get it. They're here to preach it to you. They're here to show you the right way. And you've got blessings and honor and promise and joy and peace and safety if you abide by it. If you don't, the wrath of God will be upon you. And with all that, millions of people at the end of the thousand years are going to say, we don't want that. We'd rather do it Lucifer's way.
2: Don't do that.
0: (laughs) They follow him. They join him in a final rebellion. And the whole time he's giving them this piece, he's saying, this is what you can have forever if you'll just accept it. And there's going to be so many that don't want it, even after getting a taste of it. (sighs) It's amazing to me. But that's what we're looking forward to that time. So for a final passage, we'll read. Well, I've read this before. I don't want to go into it again. It says, <laughs> remember I talked about kiss the sun? Well, well, you know. Yes. Well, it's like it's saying to the nations, there's a chance for you if you'll accept this offer. You can have eternal life. You can have everything through the sun, through Christ. But he, he told him, I'll give you the heathen for thine inheritance. Christ is going to inherit the nations during that thousand years. It's the time of refreshing for Israel, and it's the time for... The nations to come see what God has for them and how that His reign is better than the global elite. Yes. But they still will turn away from it at the end. And uh, He says He's got to reign until He puts all enemies under His feet. So there's still sin and there's still death in the thousand years for those that rebel against God. But if they will accept Him, they'll have the eternal life and they can eat the tree of life and live forever. So we'll talk about, we've talked about the tree of life before. We have. But the last enemy that has to be destroyed is death. So first it'll be Lucifer and then death. And when right. death is destroyed, there's no more death. Oh, how wonderful. And so we go into the eternal, eternal things of God. And that's when he renovates the earth. Good for him. Yep. We get a new heaven and a new earth. And so that's going to open the door for something we're going to get into in probably two, possibly even three episodes Okay, coming up. And we're going to talk about that thousand years a day and a day is a thousand years is a picture of prophecy. And fit within that prophecy is another mystery of time called Daniel's 70 weeks.
2: Hmm. Never heard of that.
0: Yeah, so the, Daniel was a prophet, he wrote a book, and he was given a prophecy about 70 weeks of time. And those weeks actually measure out to being 490 years
2: a long time (laughs) it's a long time
0: well i hope that shed some light on the thousand years at least
2: yes it definitely did
0: and it does start to point to how close we are to the end of things Mm -hmm. so i think we are in the last days so it's so important that people get this message and understand that the only hope they have is in christ very true and we just so thank you for listening again today
2: Yes, thank you guys for listening. If you like our podcast, go ahead and give it a thumbs up. Share it with your family, subscribe, and comment down below something you've learned today or something that we haven't gone over that you want to learn.
0: Amen. And also, don't forget to share with us any ideas you have about what you'd like us to talk about. Yes. There are many, many mysteries in the Bible, and I'll bet there's something we haven't even begun to get close to covering.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot.
0: (laughs) Well, again, Zena, it's always a privilege to be with you today.
2: Oh, stop it.
0: <laughs> you bring the light to the show. I want you to know that. That's <laughs> Thank what you. everybody tells me. So listen, folks, have a great week, and Lord willing, we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.
2: Thank you for listening today.
0: If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Bible Mysteries and share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com.